let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. All right, well, this weekend, <laughs> surprising, uh, this weekend is huge. And as you know, uh, Easter is being talked about in churches around the world today. And I was reminded just a few weeks ago of what H.G. Wells said. And by the way, uh, I know that Shelby mentioned the Version Bible app. The, the notes are found there. This note is there as well. H.G. Wells said, I am a historian. I'm not a believer. But I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of history. And the Easter story has influenced people for thousands of years. And it still does today. As a matter of fact, when Paul would talk about it, writing to the church in Corinth, he said, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, the most important, the biggest thing, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He's talking about what we're selling a what we're celebrating this weekend, that on this past Friday, that Jesus would have been hung on the cross, and that today he was buried for three days, and today uh, he would raise from the dead. First importance, the biggest thing. Why is that? Why is Easter so important? What, what is it that draws so many people to this particular story? What is it about Easter that becomes a magnet? Hey, uh, if this is your first time here, my name is Mike. I'm the lead pastor at MCC. Whether you're joining us here in the room, joining us there online, appreciate you being with us. We just got that back this week, so glad that we did. Uh, And I appreciate all of you sharing Easter with us. We've been in a series called Just Like, where we've been looking at different people in the Bible and finding out how our lives are just like theirs, their lives are just like ours, uh, that what could be true of them can be true of us as well. And by the way, what we found out is that can be encouraging or that can be uh, a little challenging. When we looked at Judas last week and how just like Judas, we can struggle with being disillusioned with Jesus. The question becomes, what are we going to do with that? Now, those are all online. If you missed any of them, want to check those out, you can grab them there. But this week, we kind of, we turn a corner And uh, this week, we're going to be looking at just like Jesus. Uh, Next week, so we're talking today about how we can be just like him. Next week, we're going to start a series uh, about the fact that he became like us. It's called just, it's it's called uh, He Gets Us. So next week, we begin this series called He Gets Us. And I wonder if you've seen any of the commercials. A couple of them were on the Super Bowl. I know they've been showing for a couple of years now, but check this one out. I responded to the call. I didn't know if he was guilty or not. I couldn't ignore public opinion. I got caught up in the emotion of the trial. I could have testified, but I got scared. I'm expected to be tough on crime. I know my son was innocent. I will never forget his final words. Forgive them. 
So what does that whole thing mean? I mean? What does he gets us? What does that even mean? And why is that a big deal? Uh, we're going to talk about that starting next week. So this, what we've been talking about kind of turns a corner into that. But for today, what does Easter tell us about being just like Jesus? Let's look at those verses again. First John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete uh, in us. So here's why Easter is, is not just a big deal, not just a deal, but it's like the biggest deal, all right? It's because Easter, and I think this is part of what draws people to this story. We keep getting drawn back to it. Easter reminds us that God is love. And when we talk about love, we actually, we have to begin here. Verse 8 tells us that God is love. Verse 16 will tell us that God is love. Whoever lives in love, uh, whoever lives, in love lives in God and God in him. Uh, my nephew is an agent for the Texas Department of Public Safety Criminal Investigation Division. He works in organized crime, and he sent me a story about a sheriff in Indiana. Uh, happened several years ago, uh, Howard County Sheriff Jerry Marr, um, and Marr got this disturbing call on a Saturday afternoon. His six-year-old grandson, Mikey, had been hit by a car while he was fishing in Greentown, with his dad, and the father and son were near a bridge by the Kokomo Reservoir when, one, when a woman lost control of her car, slid off the bridge, and hit Mikey going 50 miles an hour. Now, Marr had seen the results of accidents like that, and he feared the worst, and he, when he got to St. Joseph Hospital, he rushed through the emergency room. He found Mikey conscious and in fairly good spirits considering what happened to him, and he asked me, he said, Mikey, what happened? And Mikey said, well, Paul, Paul, I was fishing with Dad, and some lady runded me over, and, uh, and I flew into a mud puddle and broke my fishing pole, and I didn't even get to catch no fish. Uh, <laughs> as it turned out, the impact propelled Mikey about 500 feet over a few trees and an embankment, and he did indeed land right in the middle of a mud puddle, and yet his injuries were only a couple of breaks in his right femur. Uh, he had surgery to place pins in his legs, but other than that, he seemed to be fine. And since all he could talk about was that fishing pole getting broken, his grandpa went to Walmart while he was in surgery so that he could have one when he came out. And the next day, the sheriff sat with Mikey to keep him company in the hospital, and he was enjoying that new fishing pole, and they're sitting in the room casting into the trash can. And when they were alone, Mikey looked at his grandpa and said, Papa, did you know that Jesus is real? <laughs> kind of startled his grandpa. He said, well, yeah, I mean, Jesus is real to all who believe in him and, you know, in their hearts. Mikey said, no, I mean, he's really real. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, I know he's real because I saw him. And he said, you, you saw him? He said, yeah, when that lady run me over and broke my fishing pole, Jesus caught me in his arms and laid me down in the mud puddle. Now, is that story true? I don't know about you. I tend to be skeptical about that kind of stuff. It just seems so <laughs> unbelievable. I did a little follow-up, though. I did find out that that little boy in the story was just hired as a recruit officer three years ago uh, in Kokomo. And the th other thing that makes me wonder is, 
I know what I would do as a father if I could. And God is a loving father. I don't know what you've heard about God. There's a lot of bad information out there or incomplete information floating around about him. But when the Bible tells us that God is love, it means that it's not just what he does. It's not just that he loves people. It's who he is. Love is so wrapped up in who God is that verse 8 says that if you don't love, you don't even know him. If you, don't, you can't know him and not love people. Verse 10 says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And when we act in love, you and I are reflecting the love of God. And when people who don't even acknowledge him act in love, they are reflecting a creator that they refuse to acknowledge because God is love. But there's something even better than God is love, and I think that draws people to this day. Easter reminds us that God loves me. It's verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another for, what's the last four words? Read that out loud with me. For love comes from God. Verse 10 says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Verse 11 says, dear friends, since God so loved us. You know, I love Psalm 103. Uh, Verse 11, it says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Augustine said this, it's in the notes. God loves each one of us as if there were only one of us. To love. I don't, I don't know if you knew, know this song. If you went to church, if you grew up going to church, you may know it or you may have heard uh, kids singing it, Jesus loves the little children. Do you know that song? If you know that song, the words will be on the screen. Sing that with me. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Now, I know that's silly and that's childish, but kids are learning that. You know, when I was younger, we used, my friends and I would sing it a little bit differently just to mess with our teachers, you know, red and yellow, black and blue, Jesus loves me more than you. But, uh, <laughs> but I think what's important is that, you know, we, we learn these things as children and somehow we grow out of it as adults. Things happen in life and we begin to doubt what we have heard. One of the verses maybe you would have heard as a child is John three sixteen. for God so loved, what, what words go in, what's, what words are next? For God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And it's true, God does love the world that way. But it's equally true to say that he loves you and me that way. So we'll read this verse together. And if you would, in that spot, would you just put your name, your first name? So we'll say, for God so loved, and you just say your first name, okay? So let's read that out loud together. For God so loved Mike that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want to make sure you understand this. Uh, Paul would remind us, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will someone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we were unworthy, he still loves us. We don't have to reach a certain standard. Uh, You don't have to be good enough for God to love. He loves you and he goes on loving you even if, this is really important, even if you don't love him back, he never gives up on you. He won't stop. 
He loves you even if you won't love him back. Listen, regardless of what anyone else has told you, the Bible says God will always love you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you will do. God always has and always will love you. He never gives up. And yet I can't help but wonder if there isn't someone in the room, someone who's joined us online, who is thinking to themselves, even as we sing those songs and read those verses and reminded what the Bible says and what we've been taught, you're thinking to yourself, no. I mean, there is no way that God could, I mean, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did last night. I don't know if you were here a few years ago when our building was broken into uh, it was during the week, property was damaged, items were lined up uh, to be stolen, our offices were destroyed a bit. A couple months ago, the guy who did that was here, and he came up to me afterward, uh, and if you're thinking to yourself, that guy, God certainly does not love people who breaks into church buildings. He does. He always has. That was the thing I wanted to make sure that he knew. Not only are we not angry with him, God's not angry with him. In fact, it's almost the very first thing that shows up in the Bible. When you're re- if you start in Genesis, one of the very first things that you find out is that God created us to have a relationship with him. And somewhere along, I mean, we point all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and somewhere along the line, we blew it. Our sin caused a separation, a barrier, if you would, between us and God. And in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, maybe you know the story, it was Adam and Eve and the fruit from the tree, and and that, and that caused the whole, that started the whole problem. But here's what I know. I know that my problem with God isn't because Adam and Eve sinned. I know that my problem with God is that I have sinned. And I still, to this day, struggle with sin. And if I may be blunt, your problem with God isn't that Adam and Eve sinned. Your problem with God is that you sin. You have and you continue to this day to struggle with it. And our sin causes us to back away from him. And so, because we kind of know that, and it's uncomfortable, we try to fix that by doing things so that we can be better. We try to be good enough, or we try not to be too bad, or we we try to get back, be good enough to get back with God. I mean, you're here for Easter. That ought to count for something, right? She's oh, Pete, come on. Uh, And we get frustrated, because at some point, we realize that none of us None of us is good enough. We keep falling short, and we know we want to get this fixed in this lifetime because we've heard these stories, right? We know that the Bible says something about the next life, and if we don't fix this in this lifetime, it follows us into the next lifetime, and the Bible calls that place hell. Separation from God for eternity, separation from his presence, his love, and his grace is called hell. The good news of what we celebrate this weekend is that God did something about that, right? He sent his son to die on a cross so that we can get back to him. And the Bible says there's just three things that we need to to do to make that happen. First is you need to believe that this is true, which, by the way, don't hear that that means you have all the answers. None of us has all the answers. But do you believe that God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life? That's, That's really what we're asking, Because if you believe that, if you believe that to be true, man, you've just moved in the right direction. The second thing the Bible talks about is our need to repent, which is to tell God, I blew it. It's not your fault. And nobody made me do this. I, I may have been responding to what someone else did to me, but it was my decision to do the things that did not 
please or honor you. Acts 3 reminds us that if we will repent and turn to God, our sins will be wiped out, totally gone. And the third thing the Bible talks about is our need to be baptized, which is a physical sign of the decision that we are making. And I just want to be real clear. This is not the finish line of the race. It's really just the starting point of our faith journey. From this point on, we continue to learn who Jesus is and who he's calling us to be, and we invite our friends to come with us on this journey. So on your notes, Erwin McManus said this, God calls us out of the life we have known and calls us to a life we could have never imagined. And I would add to what Erwin said, he calls us to invite our friends to come on this journey with us. And all of us, I just want to be real clear, make sure everyone knows, all of us in the room, all of us online, we're in that picture on one side of the cross or the other. There's no place else to be. You're on one side of the cross or the other. That's it. And uh, if you want to talk about this, because this has kind of been on your mind, and I'll be right up front after services here, I'd be glad to talk to you. We've got two uh, folks who are going to be baptized uh, during our next service. So maybe that's what you've been thinking about. But I also want you to get this. No one's ever gotten to the point of making a decision about Jesus being the Lord of their life. They never, no one got there alone. No one. If you gave your life to Christ, check your story. There's somebody else in that story with you, someone along the path that helped you get there, which is why Paul would remind the early church, we are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What someone has done for you, listen, don't you know someone, someone that you love who needs someone that they trust to help them know that Jesus loves them and will help them uh, follow him as well. Someone who can say, Listen, I'm not perfect. I'm not claiming that kind of status. But I can tell you that as I follow the example of Christ, I want, you involve, I want to invite you to follow my example. So follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And those of us who have already come to grips with this, we make this a whole lot easier for people when we're just like Jesus. And that means that our love becomes an action, not just words that we talk, it's not just something we say. We actually do something about those words. This is verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That love that God is, that he has given to us, listen, it was never meant to stop with us. He didn't just pour it into us and that's that. John 13, Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you attend church on Easter Sunday morning every year. <laughs> By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have a cross hanging around your neck or tattooed somewhere on your body. If you listen to Christian radio and go watch all those Christian films, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The way I have loved you now I want you to go and love other people. John would write this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I love the way Paul writes it in his letter to the church in Galatia. The only thing that counts, it's the only thing that counts. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. What in the world does that look like? Well, it looks like what you did at Christmas with your offering. Now, for those of you who don't know what happened, we received an offering at Christmas time. 
Uh, we partnered with a church uh, in Cape Coral, Florida named Cross Point Church, and uh, the idea was to help families as they're recovering from Hurricane Ian. Specifically, we wanted to work with children for like kind of an extreme bedroom makeover Ian edition is kind of what I think it's being called. And uh, just this past week, I received a picture of one of the families that we are about to help. Uh, that's a picture of them living in their attic, which they did for five days because they had six feet of water in their house. This is their dog swimming in their living room. Yeah. Faith expressing itself in love looks a whole lot like creating a bedroom that looks like a basketball court for the son who lives there. Because of your generosity, that's faith expressing itself in love, by the way. And there are 12 other families, 25 children, ages 3 months to 17 years old, 18 bedrooms that we get to be a part of helping Faith expressing itself in love. That's what we did in December. Just last night, I got a call from one of our guys last night who said there was a a connection made at Kroger's. I think it was someone from a church, people from the Congo who are in town, and they're having church with with a few families, but they had no communion, and they couldn't figure out where to get any. And so he called me. My phone was on vibrate. I was doing something else. I didn't pick it up for about an hour. And I called him back and I said, tell me what's going on. He goes, well, they were wanting some communion and I couldn't get hold of you. So I hope you don't mind, but I went to the church and stole some communion. (laughs) But I sure can't think of a better way to celebrate Easter than stealing communion. Uh, (laughs) So there's another church in town who's able to have communion this morning. Because someone overheard a conversation in a grocery store last night. That's faith. Please do not break into our building and steal (laughs) communion, all right? But that is faith expressing itself in love. Today for you, it might look like asking your server if there's anything that you can pray for them. And then pray for them. And then tip them big. Holding the door for the person behind you, even if it means they're going to get in line ahead of you. It might look like you're out on the freeway and you let someone into your lane. By the way, those last two, those were aimed right at me, man. I struggle with that so much. But that's why today's such a big deal. It's why Paul says that it is of first importance. If you didn't know that Jesus loves you, you need to hear that. And maybe, maybe today is your day to respond to that, just like the two folks are going to next hour, by giving your life to him. And again, if you want to talk about that, I'll be up front after the service. We'll have some other folks up front who will be glad to talk to you about that. But if you already know that he loves you and you've already accepted him as the Lord of your life, you've made him the boss of your life, today is a reminder that he loves through us, not just with words, but by actually doing things. It makes it easier for people who don't know Jesus to believe in him if his people look just like him. So Paul, when he is reflecting, echoing, saying something similar to what John said. Wrote this, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live uh, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's why Easter is the most important. That's why it's the biggest deal. It's what draws people in. There's something about this story. 
and how God loves us and how this story doesn't just say it, proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And he is calling to you today to love him back. And if you're a follower of his son, if you're a disciple of Jesus, to live just like Jesus. So Easter is such a big deal that here at MCC, we celebrate it every Sunday uh, in our time of communion. That's what our time of communion is. We're actually going back to what happened on that Friday where Jesus was crucified and then on Sunday when he was raised from the dead. So we're about to celebrate that again. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll celebrate that together, and then I'm going to give you a moment to talk to God about that, okay? So I'll pray. We'll do that together. Father, thank you for moments like this, for days like this, that make us stop everything else that's going on. And there's a lot going on today. There will be those of us who have family over today. And maybe we'll have a lunch or a dinner. Maybe there'll be an egg hunt for the kids. All kinds of things going on to celebrate, to set aside this particular day as different from every other day because of what we celebrate happening on this day. So Jesus, thank you that the worst day of your life could become the best day of ours. Thank you for calling us to remember so that we don't forget because it's easy to forget and to move away from you one inch at a time. And so may this morning help us hold on to you. Thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you for giving yourself up when you did not have to. Thank you for dying a death that you did not deserve, that we did that we might have the promise of life here on earth in a way that is better because of your kingdom and life after this forever with you. We love you. Thank you. And Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. So the night before he was betrayed, the night he was betrayed, Jesus took a loaf of bread. We take a wafer. And this reminds us of Jesus' body that was given for us on the cross. And he said, whenever you do this, remember me. And so we remember. And the juice reminds us of his blood that was shed for us on the cross, that he gave himself up for us. And he said, whenever you do this, remember me. And so we remember. And so if you would, I'm just going to give you a moment to talk to God. And then I will close out that time with prayer. Father, thank you for calling us to you. Knowing how we have lived our life this past week, not, 
not in total failure following you, but we know there have been moments. Most of us know there have been moments. There are others of us in the room who perhaps don't even care. We have no space for you in our life right now. We have no use for you in our life right now, at least that we know of. And so, Father, we know that there's this great spectrum with us online, with us here in this room, of people who have definitely made a commitment to you and others who aren't even sure they ever will. But may days like this, may moments like this help each of us to know clearly that you love us and you call to us so that we might look like Jesus and help others find you as well. We pray this, Jesus, in your powerful name.